0: Last time on the Grace Journal podcast, I danced with my father in an effort to silently comfort myself, and me and Jovens recall a story about when grown folks play. Hey, welcome to the Grace Journal podcast. My name is Sherwin, and I'm your host. If you want to stay connected with what we're doing, follow us on Instagram at the Grace Journal Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love a lot of things about my mom. She is kind. She loves to give gifts and anticipate my needs. She is smart. She went back to school in her 50s and graduated with her nursing diploma. She's a great cook. She is such a great cook that I wouldn't dare attempt to describe her talent simply by writing about it. This is a talent that can only be experienced by the taste buds. Most importantly, though I grew up in a religious context, she showed me how to live a life that is devoted to Jesus. Her relationship with God is full of so much fruit because she exercises her spiritual disciplines genuinely and, well, religiously. She is a hard worker and I know she loves me. She doesn't say it often for fear that I will grow contented in the position that I am in, but I know that she is proud of me. Whenever I come to town, I often feel like a special toy on display. She pulls as many friends of hers to come and see me, and I update them on my life. I tell them that I am a missionary, I purchased a home, I'm raising my nephew, and etc, etc. It's not something I'm used to. Her bragging about me seems to be reserved for public displays of affection. This causes me to fear the criticism that I know is right around the corner. She's not harsh, just critical. The day before I was to leave, my mom had my childhood babysitter come over to say hello. I have very fond memories of my babysitter. She used to read us Bible stories in Haitian Creole. and My sister and I would fight over whose bed she would sit on as she read. Haitian Bible stories sound so rich in our language, and I give credit to my love for our language, not only to my community and culture, but also to those nighttime stories. Though my world was submerged in the English language, those stories pushed my neurons to connect in an effort to bring meaning to each word so that I could connect those words to God now i'm 34 and my babysitter is in my mom's living room with her husband i no longer have a need for a babysitter so finding common ground is a small challenge we found a great topic though jesus her husband is a professor of theology he travels to teach his theological worldview at various haitian churches they have been married for 50 years and their testimony about their life and marriage had me wide-eyed the entire time. We sit and talk for a while about the positive things that God is doing in our lives. And then it comes, the criticism that I almost thought would not make an appearance in all of this cultural positivity. We are talking about my house and how Tennessee now feels like home. I tell her I have no plans on moving back to Connecticut. My babysitter replies, well, you're a lot older now, so it makes sense. And your skin is so much darker than I remember. You used to be so light. My mom, feeling the immediate tension coming from me, offers an excuse for my sun-kissed skin. Well, you know the South. The sun is different. It's a lot more harsh. Though my mom tried, her attempt at saving me made me feel like my skin was in a position that it should not have been in. And this is one of those moments where the new Sherwin internally said, Girl, you better say something. So I respectfully said, I love my skin. I love dark skin. I love how it looks even better in the sun. Which is the truth about me, and not a farce I was putting on in an attempt to express a false positivity in exchange for the criticism she offered. There is something extravagant about a skin tone that carries every color of the rainbow in it. It is a pleasure to behold, and in the past I would have let that criticism cause me to feel less beautiful, because my darkened skin is a true observation she made, and not an illusion. I was in fact lighter as a kid, but I have found that the intrinsic value of a human is so much deeper than the outer layer of their skin. Though she probably meant it to point out a flaw, by the time her criticism reached me, my thinking had turned her words into a compliment. I am proud to have been considered a darker-skinned woman. The moment did get tangibly awkward because there was a bit of bite to my tone, unintentionally, of course. The babysitter, who I assume does not like to be challenged or corrected, comes for me again, y'all. I can't wait for you to get married, she says, in an attempt to change the subject. But you'll need to lose some weight so that you can be sexy. Yep, she said that. And this time, the new Sherwin was too young to turn those words into a compliment. I couldn't find a strong enough internal truth to hang on to. That criticism sounded like the harsh words that I speak to myself privately. And by the time her words reached me, My insecurity was right there, ready to agree. My body image is something that I have struggled to accept. I would love to be one of those skinny girls who get to eat Dunkin' and drink sugary coffee drinks without gaining a pound. I have had a tough relationship with food and exercise. I have hated my body despite how good she has been to me. And I hate that I know I am not done hating her. Sherwin, I love you and I'm doing my best. Anyway, I'm working towards loving my body because she has been too good to me to do anything less than that. I have starved myself and forced myself to sleep instead of eat. I spent all of 2021 making unhealthy choices in an attempt to lose weight after gaining weight during the lockdown. If I wait for my body to look like what the criticizers view as sexy, well then, I'll never be sexy enough. If they don't think I'm worthy of love the way I am, they should probably just do their best to not fall in love with me, I guess. I am glad to no longer agree with the critics about what sexy should look like. I'm working to define what sexy is for me. I used her criticism to encourage myself and proclaim what I am still struggling to believe is true. I breathed deeply before I made my reply. I believe I'm sexy now. And if I have to lose weight to find a man, then he will never find me sexy. I don't have to change one thing about me to be found attractive to any man. I'm sexy now. And the man who is supposed to be with me will know that to be true. To this, her husband said, amen, good for you. By the grace of God, it was time for them to leave. Most Haitian home visits with your parents' friends end with a mini-worship prayer service in the living room before they leave. Yep, there is worship, then a memorized scripture is proclaimed together, then prayer, then the Lord's prayer together, then some hallelujahs, then benediction, then we shake hands as we farewell, saying, "La pe bon avec vous, which means, may the peace of God be with you. It takes about 30 minutes to an hour depending on who's leading and under what circumstances the visit was made if it's a Haitian neighbor who comes over frequently you'd only do those prayers for important life events child you all about to be Haitian American by the time this podcast is through anyway we did the mini service in the living room And as we worship, God gave me a reason to have grace for the dysfunction of those who are Haitian, religious, and critical. He showed me. When you grow up in a third world country with nothing, all you can do is invest into the promises found in the words of God. If you read about one day having a mansion in heaven, you might hang on to your faith a little tighter when poverty is all that you feel like you have access to. The side effect of that tight grip can be religious behavior but the heart is still there and so you consume everything you are with living a perfect life in jesus so that the suffering in this world you are experiencing causes you to hang on to the promises of heaven all the more believe it or not to the critic It is a luxury for me to have faith for a husband who will love me in the body that I am in. To have faith for God to do something big with this podcast. To have faith for my earthly life and for the life I'll have with Jesus in glory. Living in America has given me privileges that my immigrant parents never dreamed of. I have more options than my Haitian parents did. Though my parents can see the ambitions of others and what can be gained, it is my job to believe and achieve because I know it is possible for God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask, think, or imagine. I'm so grateful for the faith to have a big imagination. I want to do some living now. I want to experience heaven on earth. I'm grateful because sometimes People's lack of faith for what God can do in, through, and for me causes me to have faith all the more in the fact that I serve an invisible God who can make the impossible possible. Thank you again for tuning in to today's episode of the Grace Journal podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review and tag us in your social media. Don't forget to follow us at The Grace Journal Podcast. My name is Sherwin, and I'll see you at the next one.